adult movies so to as we call it in yeah. india <laughs> so <laughs> p- anything to do with pg and r is all adult Hello. content <laughs> content uh-huh. so we draw the line way too early but yeah i was fortunate enough that my dad would actually take me to this uh, and these films and uh, i grew up uh, being fascinated by actors like uh, al pacino and uh, um, my earlier love was actually jim carrey uh, when i saw the mask growing up uh, and uh, that was one of those movies i saw from the projector room because i was not allowed in the audience and my dad knew the proje- uh, the guy who was projecting the room <laughs> so he was like okay just go and watch it from there and uh, yeah i don't know if it was the movie or the fa- the experience the wa- watching a film from the projector room that kind of just Hello everybody. Okay. I'm James. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Neil. Hi, how's, how's everyone going? I'm sorry for the pause. Uh, We've got a special guest today. Uh, yep. Hello. So. Yes. Can, can you introduce him? Because I introduced the last few ones. No, you could, it doesn't matter who introduced oh, Okay, okay. So got a friend here today. All right, let me go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do this. Okay. Uh, this is Tofik. Tofik Sheikh. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I wanted to get you on ages ago. I was on your show, which was a year and a half ago. Uh, you had a little bit of a podcast going. Yes. And uh, I, I wasn't. Yes, to that too. <laughs> I did not know you. Are we friends on Facebook? No. Is that what goes for friendship today? Are you yeah, on that's a, I, you know, Or else you're not my real friend if you're not on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately, yeah. that's what it is. Perfect. That's what we, we, we're hardly friends. Oh, fair enough. No wonder you oh, do working we, together. But we're really intense on Facebook. Like there's emojis flying and oh, gifts and gifts for days. Gifts for days. <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, I was told someone. Uh, someone told me, "Oh, well, you got to go on Instagram because that's where all the young people are." And kind of made sense why I'm not there. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Oh, he's too young, my friend. It's yeah. We, we're we're on Instagram. We're on Instagram. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, welcome. Hello, welcome kids. to the show. Um, I've, I'm so happy that we got you on. Um the show today and you know, had free time to come on um and i wanted to return the favor from uh, from last year when you had me on as well and uh so how you been and uh what's uh, first of all actually let, let's uh, tell me about yourself uh, from your background so everyone knows uh um how you got into theater and you're an actor yes allegedly um uh, so Oh, firstly, I mean, I was a bit confused when you actually uh, invited me over because when you said that it's going to be also an audio podcast, I was like, this shit doesn't have subtitles. How is it going to help your audience? But thank you for taking that risk. <laughs> um, That's okay. So, we'll put on anyway. <laughs> is there a way to do that? Oh, you can translate. Um, so, yeah, yeah, thanks. Yes, I am from India originally. That's where I have lived most of my life uh, apart from the last 12 that has been in Australia. And the first 10 years were basically boring, let's put it this way, because uh, I was doing the normal conventional stuff. And now that I'm a recovering uh, entrepreneur, I thought uh, one of the ways to get myself back into sanity was uh, choose arts as a medium. And uh, for the past two years, I'm kind of thinking maybe it was the right choice, maybe not, but it is something that it is, so mm-hmm. we'll know soon. Okay, so I mean, t- last 10 years, when you arrived in Sydney, Yes. Okay. So, 
Uh, and did you do theater when you were in in India when you were growing up? I remember what, what as a as a child, yes. Uh, I mean, that's where my first love for theater began, and uh, f- that soon graduated into doing a few uh, serials for the national television as a child art- artist as well. The next thing I knew that uh, there was something like a Shakespeare play happened and the girl that I had a crush on was playing uh, the lead in The Taming of the Shrew. And I was like, the only role left for me to take was uh, Baptista Minola, which was her father's role. So funny <laughs> enough. <laughs> Look what so I was like, all right, fine. It is a very incestuous start to theater. <laughs> But uh, uh. yeah, a start nonetheless. But that kind of uh, stuck on to me and then I went on doing theater with uh, some really great talents uh, that we have in India to the point that I was uh, trained by professionals from National School of Drama, okay. uh, which is the equivalent of NIDA in Australia. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that that was just a fortunate uh, part that I had to get. I got the experience of uh, getting trained by them and then cut to straight into professional life because uh, back in India, when I say people that I am an actor or aspiring artist, it's like, oh, that's a very good thing. What do you do for a living? I was like, mm, no, nah, it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Uh, yeah, that never resonated. So uh, I became a hotelier. Uh, and uh, yeah, probably the best decision for my parents, but uh, retrospectively not because I'm no longer a hotelier. I'm an, again struggling to be an artist. That's a funny thing because even in uh, Australia and Western society, we still struggle with. Uh, uh, so what do you actually do? You know, so we still struggle, struggle with that. It's not just India, so we, we have that here as well. True. Which is so challenging, especially. Uh, as we both come from Indian uh, uh, um, backgrounds, cultures, and and that's a huge thing. Like it's It can't be a, a, a career for any, any of us. It has to be in line, lines of business or being doctor, engineer, yada, 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 you know? Yeah, I mean, like the career options are very simple uh, in the South Asian countries. Is mm-hmm. like you're either a engineer or an accountant or a, li- a lawyer or you're a loser, basically. <laughs> you're a liar, same thing. Yeah. A loyal liar, yeah, same thing. <laughs> so, yeah. The choices were very few, and uh, unfortunately, none of them resonated with me. So, mm. yeah, artist it is. Okay. So, uh, what, what, I mean, what would you say from from somebody from your from a South Asian background who maybe has parents who are a bit more, um, they want something more financially secure? What would you say to them if they're an, an aspiring artist? It is not a harm of. Uh, As a South Asian, uh, I do know that uh, I do not have the privilege of safety net. And uh, as much as a youngster, I'll be all guns blazing that I'm invincible and I'll definitely make it as a parent. Of course, I do make those uh, fears a bit more real. Become uh, So I don't have really anything against and I still love my parents and every decision that they've made for me. Uh, I do also find that there is a scope of knowing better than what you knew before, that there are options. And uh, we've come to that point where we do realize no matter how much we earn in our lives, uh, there is still that emptiness. Sometimes that emptiness can be filled with uh, just a casual approach towards creative arts, taking that as an extracurricular in our life. And if it's not that enough, just jump in. You might, might as well be happy and poor rather than rich and miserable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I love, that should be on T-shirt. It probably is on T-shirt. Yeah, I probably got it from a T-shirt, maybe. Speaking <laughs> of T-shirts. <laughs> oh, okay, yes. Promotion time. <laughs> what, 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 what T-shirt? Can you, describe, can you describe to our listeners what T-shirt you're wearing right now? Okay, I'm wearing a black T-shirt. It's a round neck T-shirt. All oh, right, you don't want to get into the semantics of it. It's a T-shirt with Hamlet's logo on it, a noble mind here or throne. Something that uh, our director, Paul Kinemot, uh, conceptualized to give a 
Hamlet a new spin uh, along with the Tao philosophy, uh, the yin and yang uh, mm-hmm. sort of thing. There's no clear definitions of what right mm-hmm. and wrong is, and you've got that element of uh, antagonizing uh, protagonist and the uh, and the patronizing antagonist. <laughs> so that's th- that beautiful combination. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm playing a role called uh, Marcellus, and uh, fortunately, even Gildestein now, which I'm enjoying even more. This play is. Uh, a take a modern take on shakespeare where the language still remains the same but uh, hamlet uh, is no longer a kingdom but a corporation and uh, mm-hmm. hamlet king is not a king he's uh, the ceo of a mortgage fund hedge hedge fund hedge fund broker in denmark so that sort of a thing it's a modern take on it and that's on now at the moment it is it is happening at as we speak at uh, warunga at practical school of philosophy mm-hmm. we've got two more shows to go and before we move to Scotland Island where you have to take a boat uh, to go and watch the play so migrants and boats the relation is quite <laughs> strong <laughs> now maybe by the time this airs it might be finished Certainly. maybe um but um so we'll we'll still give you chukas for that thank you yeah. um of course and kind of put out we'll put out on instagram hopefully some uh, links to that kind of stuff my question is um a lot uh, several of the performances were open air which is why saturday was had rain is that correct true so we had to move our opening night from saturday to sunday wow what what other what other challenges do you face when you're doing an open air production the fact that it's not very usual that you do something like that so there's always that nerves of being in a uncharted territory and for me obviously this was the first time i'm actually doing a play in an open air setup so the first few weeks was me just trying to convince myself yes you're still doing theaters yes it's still uh, acting it's not uh, somebody's backyard entertainment so that took me a while and the moment that came in then i was able to focus on what i was doing and the next thing i realized that uh, yes this is what play is because i've always been an advocate of uh, the fact that uh, acting is something which you do right from the moment you're born till the time you die uh, unless you're told to act when you end up becoming miserable so that is something which i wanted to kind of uh, imbibe in this particular process that uh, all right it, there is a script there is a vision there is a story and you are a part of telling that story focus on that it worked out well to the point that i had no eggs or tomatoes on my costume by the time it finished so that's success i guess great 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 so um because I've done open um, theatre before mm-hmm. and the uh, um, like biggest challenge for me was um, because there's no like, do, do you guys have speakers? No. Uh, n- yes and no. I mean, it's, we had like a last minute makeshift uh, <laughs> wireless speaker put in just in case people don't end up hearing. But apart from that, uh, but we don't uh, we don't even know where the mics are placed. It's probably we're taking this dialogue in stage right, and the mic is placed on stage left. So <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it's there. It's not there. But mm-hmm. the fact that it's there, we are a little more confident now. Mm-hmm. So it's just like one of those mm-hmm. things you may not use, but the fact that it's there, it's good to know. Have you done a lot of Shakespeare? Uh, so the first one was my incestuous relationship with uh, Shakespeare, and this one was an open air relationship. <laughs> so yeah, twenty years gap between the two Shakespeare's I've done. Apart from that, my only introduction to Shakespeare was probably the Indian adaptation of Hamlet, uh, which is called Heather, Heather. in which uh, there was uh, Shahid Kapoor uh, and Tabu. I haven't and seen Kethi it. Manan. I haven't seen it. I don't want to see it, but 
I will watch it because you look yeah. at me. So if if anyone who is <laughs> not a fan of Shahid Kapoor as an actor, that's one of those movies that uh, will make you change your mind. And, oh, okay. Uh, then I'll watch it. Then. And then you've got Tabu and KK, and anyone who's remotely uh, aware of what Tabu and KK mean and as an actor are capable of, uh, it's a must awesome. watch. She's awesome. Definitely, it is. She is. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. Little she hasn't done anything recently though. Uh, well, she was there in, uh, I keep forgetting the name, but uh, A Suitable Boy. She was there in A Suitable Boy. Really? Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen that either. Do you have any other um, people that you look up to as mentors or people that you kind of um, see as a hero or a figure? Uh, growing up as a child, I think, uh, and thank you for actually asking me that question because this is something which I really wanted to put in on record for the very for, for the longest time. That uh, there's this actor Nasiruddin Shah who has actually made my childhood. Uh, he's the reason that I am in uh, the creative industry. I remember as a five year old, I introduced myself as my name is Tofik Ahmed Hero. Uh, the hero came in from the word hero, which. Uh, uh, Nasiruddin Shah used in one of his film, uh, films that uh, Pata poster Nikla Hero, this, so the poster tears apart and he just jumps out of it and he's like, here's the hero. And that that imagery stuck to me for the longest time and uh, as much as I grew into creative arts and I observed uh, him as an actor, um, I was just awed by his honesty, mm. I was awed by mm. his uh, presence and these were Amongst that league of actors where Nasiruddin Shah and what he represents were the unconventional or the misfits in the industry of misfits, mm. um, so, uh, which kind of was my top 1%, <laughs> let's mm. put it this way, the one which I was aspiring. So, so yes, Nasiruddin Shah, the one and only person who's made my childhood. Uh, Paresh Rawal uh, oh, was another fascinating actor that I have always uh, looked up to in terms of the way he... Uh, puts his uh, characters out. Om Puri is another oh. one, uh, lesser known, but... Uh, no, he's... What do you mean? He's lesser known in the sense of uh, your favorite actors. That li- that name does not come all the time because he's he's not one of those hero uh, which we have yeah. this unfortunate fascination unfortunate, of approving, uh, of worshipping in, in, in Bollywood and to that extent in the film industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. So that these were the guys. Um, then there's an actor called Ashutosh Rana, and his projection is just uh, oh, next man. level. Uh, hopping on to and my my father for some reason actually had this uh, way of uh, sneaking me into uh, theater, film theaters, because he did not want me to grow up um, watching only Bollywood movies. Mm-hmm. So. I've watched uh, some uh, adult movies, sort of as we call it in yeah. India. <laughs> so uh, P- anything to do with PG and R is all adult Hello. content. Yeah. <laughs> content. Uh-huh. So we draw the line way too early. But yeah, I was fortunate enough that my dad would actually take me to this fil- and these films. And uh, I grew up uh, being fascinated by actors like uh, Al Pacino. And uh, um, my earlier love was actually Jim Carrey uh, when I saw The Mask growing up uh, and uh, that was one of those movies I saw from the projector room because I was not allowed in the audience and my dad knew the proje- uh, the guy who was projecting the room <laughs> so he was like okay just go and watch it from there and uh, yeah I don't know if it was the movie or the fa- the experience with watching a film from the projector room that kind of just stuck yeah yeah, yeah. I th- my, my, my hero is also Nasuddin Shah like of course. he's he's, he's it, when I started acting one of those things that I looked up to him and I'm like wow I can be such, something like that is it possible and um and there's someone out of india who actually loves being an actor and, and an artist as opposed to just an entertainer true and and being truthful and honest and, and one of the things he is in an interview he talked about i'm with the budget as well now and and what he said a few things that 
it's not necessarily his talent, but the choice that he's made that makes him Amitabh Bachchan, which is true. And um, and I look at the stuff that Nazuddin Shah has done. Mm. How's truth? Like one of my favorite films. It's actually my mum's favorite film. It's um, uh, Muscle. Oh, okay. Uh, and like, <laughs> he cries every time. Mum cries yeah, every single absolutely. time. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, it's a fantastic film. And great. Film. And I, I'm happy. There's actors who are sort of following his um, blueprint, sort of thing. True. Um, yeah. And when you when I was on your show last year, we talked about uh, Irfan Khan as well. Yep. Who's one of them um, who has followed the same sort of blueprint. And yeah, and, and I, th- I think that's I I sort of want to follow that as well in some way or form if i mean it's, it's, it's like if, if i could even step on the same dust uh on yeah. where these guys have actually walked uh, would be kind of an achievement for me because mm-hmm. uh, uh they till date and if i know through my source as well they don't consider themselves as actors mm-hmm. they consider themselves as serv- servants of the art yeah, yeah and yeah. that's one thing i aspire to be how well mm-hmm. can i serve my craft how yeah. how well can i act mm-hmm. uh, in the way that i am doing something for the art rather than art doing something for me mm-hmm. um I'm, i've already convinced myself that uh, i do not be i'm not working towards paychecks when i'm when i'm doing arts or creating art uh, i'm working towards my personal satisfaction mm-hmm. uh, my enjoyment and uh, my mental sanity and uh, if all of that amounts up to a paycheck well and good and if it does not to hell with it mm-hmm. Well then speaking of that what's your end goal what do you want to where do you want to be in say 30 years uh un- six Jesus. feet under that's far yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. that's a far away yeah thing. i know yeah you asking uh, you uh, you're asking uh, someone who's taken arts as a creative pers- uh, as a pursuit as a uh, in terms of a midlife crisis so uh, uh, 30 years is way too long uh, 30 <laughs> seconds later i'm hoping that i'm still a part of this uh, podcast 30 minutes later i hope i'm uh, back home safely but that's pretty much where i don't draw the line yet. sure 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 so um okay so I, I just want to go back to the whole Shakespeare thing just because I want to know how um like the language how did you grasp the language and how did, how is it difficult if you did, if you did Shakespeare in in India mm-hmm. and you did Shakespeare here mm-hmm. what are the major differences in the language and how did they teach you there how did they teach you here my f- Faint memories of uh, learning Shakespeare as a child was more about stylized delivery and projection and let the rest take care of it. Um, so that essentially was my only two brief that I remember as, as a teenager when I was doing Shakespeare then. This time when I did Shakespeare, the very first thing that I knew was uh, I'm an understudy. So I don't really have to do much about it unless somebody uh, falls ill or dies. So hopefully, and thankfully none of that happened. Um, when coming into learning about Shakespeare, when I read these things, I was like, okay, fine, I'll just memorize this thing and then work my way out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Which soon I realized, as m- the moment I memorized my lines, I was like, nah, this is not working because I couldn't serve my craft. I could learn my craft, uh, yeah. but I couldn't serve it. Thanks to Google, I then started looking at what do I do next? Because uh, by the time I got into this, I was already halfway through. Mm. And uh, uh, by the time I got the role, uh, uh, was almost three weeks before opening. So I really had to pretty much gulp everything down. Uh, sure. There was not, there was no reason or no time for absorbing things and lo- uh, slowly letting it grow inside you. So. I had to. I went through reading translations, mm-hmm. 
and try, and it was funny because I was translating from English to English in a way because uh, it's like, all right, what does this mean? Uh, so in dreams indeed are ambition. I get that part. Uh, ambition, uh, ambitious merely the shadow of the dream. I was like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. So again, I have to read through. So firstly, living in Australia, you're kind of trying to learn Australian and then you've got to do an English play, which is not written in English in a way. So it was a bit of a challenge for me coming from South Asian background. But mm. uh, looks like, uh, yeah, it finally somewhere resonated that uh, when when I had this conversation with Paul, uh, my director, and he's like, uh, you don't have to bring something from outside. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to absorb uh, information. It's just uh, try to feel. He gave me the character graph of where you need to be, what the purpose or the objective of this particular character is. Mm -hmm. And let he just told me, let let be you. Um, I don't know if it was a challenge or something. It just ended up saying the director, okay, how about I do an Arab accent for my Gildiston? He looked for me for a second and he's like, okay, try. And it's like, okay, fine. Uh, let me go a little hyperbolic Indian for Marcellus. Are you okay with that? And like, I, I, I think he's probably he's going to say no at some stage. Like, come on, man, this is the limit. And that sort of a thing. And that never came in. And uh, the next thing I knew, I'm doing like this uh, jittery, scary uh, Marcellus on one end. And I'm doing this over-the-top car salesman sort of a aura of uh, Gildiston. Mm. Uh, and uh, it worked for him. Mm. And uh, I was just hoping that it works for the audience as well. So I hope it works. Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned the audience on opening night, right? We had a bit of a discussion before this. But uh, tell us about what the audience response was. Right. So uh, as uh, we, uh, we did mention that uh, initially that uh, we are living in that age where uh, everybody wants to not be the bad guy in giving you feedback to the point that you have to now extract feedback out of them and you have to decode what they really mm -hmm. mean. Mm -hmm. So when I went out uh, to meet a few friends who had come, I had a bit of a look around the lawn who were sitting and having a chat with them. Uh, there was a sense of discomfort in, in the audience and there was this sense of uh, the fact that there was this aloofness that was there, which for me as an actor was very rewarding because mm -hmm. that's essentially where a normal human being would be if they had to witness a story like Hamlet. Right. Um, so that's essentially what my take was that uh, whether it, whether we did well or we did not do well, uh, obviously the applause is something which has become more like customary now. Mm. Um, so it was more the after feeling or the residual feeling of the audience is where I found success. In. Well, I mean, I guess it's, it's less about success, right? Because a play isn't a play isn't successful or unsuccessful. It 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 just does. It does, right? And and I think what what you were saying before about the audience being discomforted i think that's a, that's a great achievement absolutely you know and for something that to be set to setting out to do that i think that's great i don't think all plays should be a happy neatly wrapped up um nice nice kind of ending mm -hmm. plays should be disturbing and they should force people to question things mm. so i think it's great that hamlet does that uh, and i'm glad for the ott platforms that have come in as well netflix amazon which have given you the option of now creating art to the way you like it and find the audience that like the kind of art you produce mm. um, it's a great platform uh, where you can be a little more independent uh, even for that matter even if you don't have the budget or the quality to go up to amazon and netflix you've got uh, We've got uh, f uh, Instagram Live that's happening right now. We've got YouTube. We've got Facebook. Just put it out there. Mm -hmm. uh, we always uh, 
which worked for me because I came in uh, into into this industry struggling at the time where patience was one of the least uh, of the attributes that I had as a mid thirties guy. Uh, I just wanted things to happen and know where I stand before I can mm. tell uh, what I need to do further. So I was like, all right, good art, bad art doesn't matter. There's there's no there's nothing called good or bad art. It's a subjective thing. You put it out there and see what your response is, and let that be your baseline to work mm. from. Um, it, for me, it's worked out well, and I just hope uh, if someone does take that sort of sort of a step, uh, the one thing that I would want uh, to definitely. Uh, put forward is don't worry about the appreciation don't worry about the gratification um, because all of that is fake uh, it's momentary it, it it will pass away it will it, it will just it will not exist what will exist is your craft and when you look back at your craft you need to be able to say all right it still looks shit but at least i'm happy that i did what i could at that stage yeah Ten yeah. years later or five years later you're going to be a very different person every two years or every year you're a different different person uh, we need to be able to make peace with the new identities that we pick up on the way. Yeah, look, I think that's that's uh, one of the great things about theatre, watching theatre, is that you watch people uh, uh, change and you're with them while you're changing. And that's and I think that's why theatre will, I, I hope, and I don't think it would ever die. Um, it's because you see the actors and the, you can see them in different productions, whatever, and you see them change and stuff. And, and you're with that. You know, sure. and and you're right. It, it's it it's not good or whether the, whether a play is good or bad. It just does. That's sure. a fantastic way of putting because it it's not a perfection. You know, and it's, every it's, show is different. It's it's the classic line that we always use. The state um, since the day theater started, it's dying, but it's never dead, mm. and it will not because uh, still the time we live as mm. or we exist as humans. Um, are we have only survived on one and one only skill that we've had all the time mm. uh, since the time we recognize ourselves as humans and that is the skill of storytelling yeah. if we were not able to tell stories we would have perished mm. Yeah. Mm. and how, how do you feel you're doing in the australian market in the australian market um to my surprise um i have been readily and more so accepted as an actor as much mm. as I had my own apprehensions, which is why I'll come back to that previous point was try, do it, and then have your notions. Do not have your preconceived notions. Because if I work, uh, I worked with that, I would have been saying that, oh, I don't have stories written for me, mm-hmm. or I don't have characters written for me, or uh, oh, I'll be easily compromised with the some, someone who's actually born. And, and in a way, I'm actually have a step back in terms of other migrant uh, or first generation migrants or second generation migrants because um, the, the, the kids who are born here as, as Indian or Pakistani or Nepalese or um, Sri Lankan ethnicity, at least they're aware of the culture. You guys have the same humor. I don't have that humor. I, I, I grew up with a very different sort of humor. Mm, exactly. There are times where I crack up in uh, in the middle of a play as an audience and everyone's just shocked silence because that thing shit was really funny for me, but it was not funny for anybody else. Uh, so for me, even knowing what's funny and what not what's not funny as an actor and a migrant as well was a difficult one. Mm. So I had to make these definitions for myself as like, okay, fine. There's nothing called not being included. There's nothing mm. called uh, a kind of art that they are looking for. You go and present who you are, mm. and you will find your acceptance. But I think a lot of people who are maybe first generation, even second generation uh, migrants, um, they do fall also for that little trap, which is not trap, but like uh, where they're in the middle. They're not sure who they are, 
and they may laugh because then the, their parents speak the language. Their parents were born overseas mm-hmm. and they still go home and grow up in that, in that the environment. So uh, they would laugh for different reasons in a play as opposed, just like you, um, as a, a person who's grown up, grown up in as Caucasian, for example, you know, whatever. So it's the same thing. A lot of us get stuck in there and um we need people more like us to co- go up and and do and do uh, work um projects of in plays and and so they can look up to it you know i mean it might get a bit too preachy at this stage but uh, the, the two th- <laughs> do it <laughs> all right two things two things that i do have to say is don't hide behind your identity yeah yeah and don't be apologetic for who you are yeah i have uh, had the f- support of my entire creative team and uh, there've been some beautiful uh, directors that I've worked with who have given me that space to breathe mm. and uh, every time i came up with that idea till date uh, and this been two and a half years the, my very first english production that i'd ever done was uh, with lane cove theater company just davis was uh, uh, directing it uh, female of the species uh, a brilliant play uh, in a way that uh, very seldom that you see that uh, male actors are the ones who who relent and the female actors are the ones who are calling the shots mm. uh, that it was is a fascinating uh, play i was supposed to be playing a kind of an antagonist when i discussed this with uh, my director I just said see this is what I am this role Frank is written for most likely an African uh, American mm. taxi driver who's playing Frank and he has his own politics mm. due to which he would a- act in a certain way mm. I cannot relate to that mm. what do I do and how do I given I got that flexibility of doing be who you are even if it's Frank from somebody called Farhan becoming Frank like mm. we do end up doing these anglicizing yeah. our Indian names keep yeah. that politics in mind and play that character that way yeah. i got that space to breathe mm. same was with uh, drowsy chaperone when i did uh, a feature role in it for north show theater company um, i said well i'm taking this uh, superintendent as indian i'm not trying to put in an american accent because i remember during the uh, audition i said what are the accents that you can do i said well from indian to mediterranean that's the palette that i have you choose which one you like I'm like no can you do american can you i mean like i can do but won't sound convincing are you okay with that i like no do what you are convinced with and i went with the indian accent and i said but that this is me i'm not going to be changing that unless it's a requirement of something mm-hmm. to do with method acting if i am playing a guy who's british then i have to give that due respect to that particular actor no not make a caricature out of that character but if i have the flexibility i will demand it and most of the time i get it Well, I mean, that's what's great about when you were talking about it's an industry of misfits. Um, and then one one of your favorite hero actors as well being an actor for misfits, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that uh, coupling that with the idea where you were saying if we can be ourselves and we've got Amazon, we've got Netflix, we've got YouTube, we've got all of these avenues to really have a true audience who really likes us for who we are and not for who we pretend to be, then we get to be ourselves. Absolutely. You know? and i think that's and producing art that's true to ourselves as well absolutely in continuation to that but i would also say is that everyone who wants to put out bullshit in the name of disruptive art can also be ho- held accountable for and that's where the power of audience comes in because mm. of the social o- audiences because we would make something un- unconventional and just we would package it saying it's disruptive cinema 
no it's not it's just bullshit and it's lazy art uh you haven't uh, you just you're pandering to an audience mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that's essentially what your whole thing is so yeah there's a difference between disruptive art there's a difference between uh trying to put lazy out out there which and most of the time people try to convince their audience they're trying to disrupt the arts industry they're not mm. so social media and the audience more so is that uh, actual power who determ- determines which way you're do- doing with your art mm. and that's the great but that's for mo- for me more than independent artists getting a platform it's more for me independent artists getting a reality check of the mm. quality of the work that they put out that's what social media is great for me mm. It, the what about the quality work in sydney is it uh, are you happy with the quality work in sydney depends what your benchmark of success or achievement is mm-hmm. uh, for me uh, arts is therapy for me arts is uh, my check of keeping sanity mm-hmm. for me creative arts is an opportunity to tell my stories mm-hmm. and i have the technology to tell out my story to the whole world no matter which corner of the world i am in yeah so that way australia checks all the boxes lovely and because of that you have your own radio uh uh yes. as well can you just quickly explain that what's going on with that sure so uh again with the coincidence that i was a bit too vocal on social media about my opinions uh, the curator of the show mr manbir singh kohli said oh why don't you just write about it and tell it on radio i was like well either this guy is insane uh, because he really doesn't know me and he's asking me to put content out on radio that not to on like social media uh or secondly he's just uh, one of those other crazy mm. artists that i love mm. working with uh, who don't have the sense of right and wrong just have the sense of art i said i'll go with the latter and and put my stuff out uh he liked my stories and he said what well, do you want to do this regularly on a weekly basis so yeah that was back in 2019 uh in jan or feb which i had given my first uh, short story fiction out mm. and uh, it's been 2 years that we've been doing that and katasunte wow. radio uh it comes on 89.32 glffm um every thursday to 8 pm to 10 pm the two one focus that manbir bhai me and and the entire uh, car the crew that works with us uh, is that we want to speak our mind out mm. and that is the only baseline of okay. everything that we do speak our minds out speak facts and when you're giving an opinion say it it's an opinion and be honest to what mm-hmm. you're saying mm-hmm. um and despite of being that crazy we still open kept it open to be a talk back ratio a uh, radio mm-hmm. sorry yeah. a talk back radio to the point that uh, people are having that capacity of mm-hmm. uh, holding up uh, if you're doing anything wrong yeah, yeah. to that extension yeah. we were even expanded it on facebook live so we are even more susceptible to criticism which is great Great. Yeah, well, congratulations. Great. Yeah, congratulations. Um yeah. we want to wish you chukas on Hamlet. We want to wish you chukas on your radio show. Thank you. Is there anything else? Any other projects that you can talk about coming up that we can wish you chukas on? I am working I am in <laughs> process of pro post production with Walk Now Productions, Sam Costantino, which is the common link between Neil uh, and yeah. me. Uh yeah. We got we got get him on. He is uh, he is a passionate artist with mm. uh Hulu Bears likes to wear his heart on his sleeves and as honest and as upfront as he can be he's written this beautiful story about uh, Night Cat and Captain S which I'm not going to tell you anything about because if you're having Sam on board at any stage he would be the best uh, yeah, advocate yeah, 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 for the story that, that's yeah. uh but the yeah. great part is that I've had uh the opportunity to work with some 
brilliant artists to the point uh, that a couple of them have actually had an Academy Award ha- in wow. their hands at one stage. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I was like, wow, okay, that's a great team to work with. It's a brilliant story. Um, Benling was the DOP, was a young guy, fascinating at what uh, the way he does his work. So yeah, it's it's a movie that's in post-production at the moment we oh, are it's editing. F- sorry, it's a film. It's I, I just, I just it's bypassed film. it. It's oh, wow, yes. okay. Um, so, Good on you, Sam. So yeah, Sam's, yeah, Sam's really upped his game uh, with regard, with this particular uh, in project and it's just been a fascinating experience because I've worked in theaters with him as well. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, I know him as that. Yes, yeah. and now he's uh, moved on to films and it has just been so much of a natural transition, which again remain, helps me reiterate the point that if you are true to your art, if you're serving your art well, it will it will show itself. Mm. So no matter what platform. Well, chukas on that, man. Yeah. Thanks, that sounds man. Great. Thank you. I'll give chukas to Sam as well, but he's going to be on, so he's going to give himself chukas. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Um, yeah, so well, do you have... Well, is there anybody else that you want to wish chukas for? That, like a colleague or a friend? Well, um, I just had my lovely d- darling friend Arushi and uh, lovely actor Aparna who just finished their show. They've revived uh, Parsi and Gujarati Theatre in <gasps> Sydney. What? Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so my my friend Rushi was uh, there. What do you mean revived? It was never there. It was it was always here, but I mean, it's, you know, there's uh, people again think that we don't have an audience for a particular craft oh. uh, and you don't know until and until you do it. So they had two shows back to back and both of them were sold out wow. uh, in almost two weeks before they opened the box office. Uh, yeah, that's, that's how much there is. And uh, it's an encouragement for us to do and tell more of oh, our stories, that's South fantastic. Asian stories. That's fantastic. I can't believe, I, I've never known, I didn't know about it. I'm so excited, <laughs> I'm mumbling right now. Mr. Parikh, <laughs> you need to do your homework because they are your Gujarati fellows. You don't know about I it. What are you doing, man? I, I've tried, I've tried. <laughs> I even like, I think it was like last year, a year before there was an audition for some, uh, some uh, company in uh, in Parramatta and I, and they, and they seem like very aloof a little mm-hmm. bit, you know. And so I'm like, okay, well then. But I was about to suggest names. Now I'm not going to say yeah. anything. <laughs> <laughs> so was I, but I didn't. That's, I didn't want to say because you know there might be something good mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's fantastic. Thanks, man. So, um, do you want to explain a bit of Parsi theater and Gujarati theater? Right. So Parsi and Gujarati theater are culturally very similar. Uh, a very different language to what uh, the, uh, there is no language called Indian language, just a precursor. So Hindi is the language that most of the time people talk about. So we don't speak Indian. Indian. So we don't speak Indian. No, I don't know. I, I can't speak Indian. Unfortunately, I'm a b- very bad Indian <laughs> that I can't mm-hmm. speak Indian. Uh, I wish it existed. Uh, but Gujarati is one of the many languages uh, around the 18 or 19 official languages that we have. They keep growing, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I have loved uh, the st- slapstickiness of it uh, at oh. the start and uh, the the philosophy and uh, the social messaging which is all wrapped down around mm. the so-called slapstick uh, humor which is the beauty of uh, what uh, Gujarati and Parsi theater mm. represents and it's brutally honest let's yeah. put it this way. Yeah. Wow. I, I would love to actually one day you know, for a podcast um, um, look at different type of theaters and um, a type of drama that comes out different parts of the world um, because in India, it's so it's so odd. I always look at it. India has uh, so many different little theater um, um, cultures there. Like for example, like Gujarati and Parsi. Parsi is basically the Persians who came to to India from mm-hmm. uh, from 
Well, from Persia. From Persia. Yeah. So, uh, and they settled in the state of Gujarat. And uh, so they, and they've done great work there. So each part of the India, they had their own theater thing. And, and Gujarati in parts is more comedic and it's more like, uh, what's the word? Um, extravagant? Mm-hmm. Is that the yep. word? Yep, we can, we can use that. Extravagant? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, the, yeah. And, and, and just like we have it here, like even um, in, in the Western side, like certain, certain, certain theater company, certain theater cultures do certain things, like uh, them do more drama or more, a comedy or them more do like um whatever you know farce for example you know mm. so we have that in our you know in india and i would i wanted to hopefully one day bring some stuff here because we have that and i don't know why we don't do it well uh, we do it and this is something if for all my brown folks who are listening to this um don't forget that uh, People are not dependent on language to understand your stories. They are dependent on your conviction and your mm. honesty. So if you think that people are not going to come and watch your shows, um, maybe we're just not reaching out thinking that they will not watch our shows. So tell the stories that you want to tell. Tell the stories that you believe in. Mm. The audience will come. Mm. Exactly. And we have a lovely gentleman here, James, who's uh, directing a show. and Fantastic. It's a... Can we quickly? Can yeah, we talk yeah, 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 tell me. Yeah, tell me about that. He was. He's got Iranian actors and fantastic. And uh, and yeah, it'll be um, in Farsi. Although Farsi. I don't speak it, I'm directing it. Wow. So See? I've got some other people who are. There yeah, you go. Be, yeah. Because I thought yeah, there was such a passionate and um, hardworking uh, group of actors, but they just lacked experience and opportunities. So right. I thought that I could give that. So fantastic. Yeah. Oh, and, and I can relate to that because I did get an opportunity to direct a, a couple of uh, Punjabi short films where I don't speak Punjabi and to the point that uh, the writer, the producer always uh, was also gutsy enough to give me a small bit of a, a role of the antagonist in it while I don't speak the language either. So it's just, yes, I, I'm, we can go on repeating ourselves on this one, but language is not a deterrent to it, telling stories. Yeah, it is. And I think, I think hopefully we get to a point where in, in Australia we continue to tell stories from different languages because you know once again it's not a barrier it shouldn't be a barrier certainly i mean yeah. if if india is known for its diversity uh, australia is pretty much a miniature reflection of exactly the same it is a melting pot of languages cultures mm. foods and for goodness sake i mean like i never knew the best food in the world was kebabs uh, <laughs> i mean though i come from india and kebabs are everything that yeah. you do but the way it's presented here and well, for all the countries in the world, I know Australia is where I have fallen in love with kebabs and not Turkey or Lebanon. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Sugars for everything you have in your future. Sugars to you for your directorial well, aspirations. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Hopefully we have uh, more guests on from that. Sure. Sort of. Uh, How many people had to tell no before I had to, I was coming, coming on the list. What today. do you mean? <laughs> like. Why did you have to have me? That's that's something which is something which I still need to f- figure out. To have you, yeah, because w- it's why like, do I, did I want to have you? Yeah, what do you mean? I mean, like seriously, I mean, I, I'm at this stage where I can't define myself anything more than a potato. And if you know what I do, <laughs> what that reference is in Indian cuisine, it's it's one of those ingredients which can go in anything. Uh, so, for w- what is the speciality of being non-special about stuff? I'll no. tell you what. You listen. Yeah. You listen back to this podcast. You'll hear all the great bits of wisdom that you've 
that you've accumulated over time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that wisdom doesn't pay, by the way, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> that wisdom keeps you happy, but doesn't pay, just in case. Happiness is a better currency than money, I tell you right yeah. now, my friend. You said so yourself. Yeah, I, exactly. I agree. I mean, I, 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 all to the point that I'm being hypocritical here, but uh, yes, it is. It's just a matter of what your objective in life yeah. is. If you have money as an objective, this is a podcast not to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> well, but if you're not, yes, this one is the one for you. Uh, <laughs> and, and on that note, all our sponsors, make sure you email uh, Diego. <laughs> well, you know, uh, hopefully, like people who listen to this, you know, Thank people, you. people like us. Or you know, will get a motivation, have uh, at least someone to look up to, and say, "Hey, you know, we're out here and supporting each other, and uh, um, and that's what we're doing with this for." Well, it's know? reassuring, man. Thank you, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Just reassures me to continue on the path I am. Thank you so much for having come coming on the show. Thank Kevin. you for having and me. thank you everybody listening at home. Thank you, audiences. Thank you no so worries. much. All right, sugars, sugars, sugars.